Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 229 of the Quickie Podcast. Super excited to have you here. I am your host, Dave Hopkins. Now, before I introduce today's guest, I got to tell you, there's a lot of creative events coming up. Uh, we got Adobe Max kicking off October 20th to 22nd. That is going to be sweet. And as sort of like a, a warm up to that, I wanted to tell you about another event called Citrus Space. This is a free virtual conference. Uh, hosted by the Graphic Design Student Association at UCF. That's the University of Central Florida. Now, my bud over on the Creatively Brief podcast, Michael Tumlin, is a part of the committee putting all this thing together. And this is a gem. They have speakers including Hank Washington, who I interviewed in episode 123 of the Quickie Podcast. They got Will Patterson in there and a creative agency called Purple Rock Scissors. I haven't heard of Purple Rock Scissors, but that is the most creative name for an agency that I have heard so far. Purple Rock Scissors. Now, Citrus Space, let me tell you what it's all about. They aim to connect creatives within the creative field as they explore the boundaries of design. Are there boundaries of design? Hmm. That's a deep question. It's deep. Citrus Space will be held on October 17th from 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So there's a lot packed in that little window. Like I said, just a beautiful warm-up for the Adobe Max that's later on that week. Again, it's free, a free virtual conference. So go over there and join the Graphic Design Student Association at the fourth annual Citrus Space as they explore the current creative landscape, connect with business professionals from all areas of the design and creative community, and learn how to create work that inspires. There will be a link in the podcast show notes here, also over on our Instagram at the Quickie Podcast. There will be a link uh, for you guys to check out there in that post. Um, it's free free ticket. Go reserve your spot and check out that event. I know that Hank Washington uh, on Instagram is at I am underscore Hank is going to bring the house down. He is an incredible creative and I thoroughly enjoyed connecting with him. Um, So man, check this one out guys. So today's guest, today's guest. Now what first caught my attention was this guest's Instagram handle which is Peanut Free Panda. Not Panda, Peanut Free Panda. So my guest today is Michael Panda, who has a severe peanut allergy. I just want you to be fair. So during the recording of this episode, uh, peanut butter sandwiches were not allowed in the studio. I was very strict about that. Uh, No peanut butter smoothies, anything like that. We just played it very safe, everyone. Michael is a freelance graphic designer working under Penda Design out of Boston, Mass. And he actually went full-time freelance just over a year ago. Sounds terrifying, but he tells us about that. We also talk about how he went through marketing and advertising route to get to design. It wasn't a direct sort of art and design role. It was a little bit of a, a, little bit of a roundabout way. You know what I mean? And Michael also tells us his story about that struggle of working full-time while trying to learn more, grow your skills, and really trying to grow your side hustle business to become your primary business as well. We have heard this story in a number of different ways on the podcast, and Michael shares his route and his journey and his perspective on that. We also talk about the lessons that he learned when the creative brief from the client just isn't there. 
and you have to you have nothing to work to nothing to point to nothing to be the source of you know the goal that you're trying to achieve we then talk about the band that he landed work for how he landed that work and why he was so proud of it i love that story michael also has a very creative ask it forward question that uh, you'll have to tune back next week to see how my guest answers but um, it was a very thought-provoking question. I wouldn't describe it as deep, but thought-provoking. So ladies and gentlemen, kick back, sit back, relax, and tune into the smooth sounds of the Quickie Podcast with my guest, Michael Penda. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Michael, welcome to the Quickie Podcast. How are you, sir? Thanks. I'm doing well. Awesome. I'm doing great. It's great to have you on the show today. Um, Most importantly, are you ready for a quickie? I don't know, Dave. It's been a while. I just need your commitment, Michael. That's all I need. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in. (laughs) Awesome. Well, let's start with the tough stuff and briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Cool. Hello, everyone. Uh, Thanks for having me on the podcast, Dave. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. Uh, My name is Michael Penda. I'm a freelance brand designer living and working in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, I've been freelancing for just over a year. It was actually a year, two weeks ago. Right on. So, um, yeah, anniversary. Uh, A little about me. um, uh, Let's see, I have a peanut allergy. Uh, I'm a washed up up college acapella asshole. Wait, wait, wait. You did acapella? (laughs) In college, yeah. That's amazing, Michael. I'm I'm not proud to admit it. No, I am proud to admit it. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of the movie Pitch Perfect. Like oh, all yeah. of them. Yeah. Like they just I, I feel, they make me feel warm inside, Michael. Yeah, I mean it's hard not to love them. I mean they're uh they're just entertaining and uh I related to a lot of it. Not all of it's uh accurate, but Yeah, I imagine a fair amount <laughs> is not accurate. But um I was a um I was in plays and I did a lot of plays when I was younger, musicals, that's for a better term. So I had some solos, I did some singing. So it's all like it's all like past life experience for me. I'd love to love to get into some a cappella. Oh yeah, that's great. There's something something a little magical about performing like that. Mm-hmm. So. so okay, what what's my I I'm just gonna pause here for a sec. Sure. What not not literally pause. I'm just gonna roll with this podcast. But <laughs> I want to know, like, what's my, what's the first move to get into acapella? If you're like, oh, I want to get into acapella, what does the instructor say? The first thing you need to master is what? Mm, that's a good question. Well, being able to, to listen to something and kind of pick it up by ear without mm. reading any sort of music is pretty important. Yeah. Um, Cause a lot of the, a lot of the, the methodology for acapella and, um, how songs are arranged and whatnot. Um, a lot of groups do it by sheet music and some of the more professional uh, groups that are more classically trained and know how to read singing music will do it that way. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times it's it's just, you know, uh, being in a group and 
listening to a song and picking out parts and kind of dividing it up into the bass uh, baritone tenor one tenor two and, yeah. and kind of figuring out who goes with what and what's what what's the balance there so being able to to just pick something up and, and by listening to it is a big is a big uh plus that's cool i also i listened to uh the pentatonics yeah well. like they're a big acapella group right they are, yeah. Have you? Uh, did you see them when they were on NBC, the uh, the Sing Off, quite a few years ago? No, I didn't. Yeah, so that was a great show. It was. Um, uh, they had a couple, um, a rotating cast of judges, but it was uh, it was Ben Folds, um, Sean Stockman from Boys to Men, yeah. and uh, they rotated through a couple of other judges like Sarah Bareilles and Jewel um, were a few of them. But yeah, it was also professional acapella groups, college acapella groups so that would base. It's kind of like The Voice, but better. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, man. I feel like I should have challenged you to a riff off or something. Well, I'm glad I didn't give you that uh, information before this podcast. <laughs> I would have came prepared, Michael. Yeah, dangerous. <laughs> awesome. Well, sorry to pull you off track there. All good. Um, so peanut, uh, peanut allergy, I'm guessing that's where the peanut free Panda Instagram account came from. That was the inspiration. Was it four, four or five years ago? Uh, a good friend of mine encouraged me to start an Instagram account, yeah. start posting some of my doodles and, and whatnot. And, uh, I was like, oh, peanut, peanut free Panda, like that's catchy. And now it's my professional portfolio. Name, so. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so cool. It's too late now. <laughs> yeah, there it is. It's up there now. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, Michael, I want to kick this back even further now. I want to ask you about your childhood. What was that like? Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that pointed you down this career path? Uh, it, it's an interesting, uh, question of like how I got started and all of it. Um, I'd certainly had a creative and um normal pretty normal childhood as far as uh, as far as that goes i was obsessed with with legos and drawing um and i didn't really do many art classes i think when or nothing when i was younger and not until until high school but um very big into legos and creating things and, and kind of going outside of the the um instruction manual and kind of building new things i've i have a very i have a very distinctive memory of sitting on the living room floor uh playing with the ninja legos which were like a bit of a throwback and like i remember drawing my own in like on on my sketchbook and like paint like coloring in the actual legos with sharpie to like make new outfits for them uh and i was listening to to billy joel's greatest hits on my cd player so like that burned into my brain as like a as a very uh fond memory but uh yeah my i mean my parents were very encouraging and supportive of my interests and activities i i did a lot of things i was pretty uh pretty involved in school and everything and as I said, I, I took some art classes in, in high school and briefly considered a graphic design career before going into college. But um, and I went to, to Providence College in Rhode Island, and they didn't have a design major. But I, I wasn't so hell bent on on it that I was willing to, you know, go to a different school for it. So mm-hmm. uh, I majored in marketing and then went into advertising, all bright eyed and bushy tailed, and prepared to live the Don Draper lifestyle. <laughs> Nice. So Spoiler alert, it's also not realistic, much like Pitch Perfect. <laughs> Damn it. All of these <laughs> dreams, Michael, you're just crushing them. <laughs> I know. Sorry, I know you were considering a career change. So No, it's all good, man. Um, so you were really, not just building Legos, you were freestyle Lego. Yeah, I mean, I, I like built the set as it was supposed to be. Yeah. And then I'd be like, okay, that was cool. Now take it apart and build something new. Nice. 
and then went the marketing and advertising route through school. And after marketing and advertising is when you did like a little U-turn or pivot into graphic design and double down on that. Yes. So I'm, I'm self-taught in design. Uh, and I kind of just started on the side, um, in college, I, I did some, some like posters for college events. Uh, I'd hardly call it design. It was pretty much like poorly live traced photos and, you know, font like free fonts and stuff like that. But we did, you know, for college, the campus events and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I started teaching myself some vector graphics on Inkscape. Um, they're like a free open source, yeah, illustrator, imitator, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was great to, to tease myself on. I started getting into that and then got more and more into the branding side of things. People started approaching me for logos and, and everything. So that kind of blossomed. That's cool. So what was your first step then in graphic design world? Because earlier you had mentioned that you have been freelancing sort of officially for a year. You've been full-time freelancing. What were you yeah. doing before that move? So I was working at uh, a small advertising and media agency doing media planning and uh, media planning and media strategy, buying mm -hmm. things like that. So more on the, uh, kind of like account management strategy research side of things. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it wasn't really, um, uh, as creative as an outlet in the career that I wanted to do. And so, yeah, I, I kind of like built up my business a lot on the side, yeah. figured I didn't have a, I did, didn't have a kid or a mortgage. So might as well give it a shot full-time freelancing if I could do it. Yeah, good for you. And you're still powering through. For now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for days for now. Yeah. Um, Michael, what has been the most influential design of your life so far? Something that during this journey you have just seen and it's just really stuck with you. I remember uh, seeing, are you familiar with Ollie Moss? No. So he is, I believe he's, he's uh English um, and he or British and he uh, he designed and you might even recognize it. It's a it's a poster of uh, C three PO, Boba Fett, and Darth Vader from Star Wars lined up in a row uh, with really vivid colors um, and like uh, like C three PO's eyes are the the Tatooine tw twin suns and, and yeah. like Boba Fett's visor is one of the 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 buildings from cloud city and everything and like it's yep. the colors are so bright and it's still so minimalist yep. uh and I, I just fell in love with that that fusion of minimalism and illustration uh which is you know, like you know it's against a stark white background and so it was such a such a cool blend um because previously i'd really been only exposed to like logos in isolation or right. you know full-on uh like posters or, or illustrations and stuff so that kind of that blend was really really inspiring to me that's cool and that's a name that i haven't heard before so i'm, I'm i i know the posters that you're talking about from the description yeah um so that's super cool i'm gonna look closer yeah. at those ones definitely check them out because it was something i was i could i saw it and i was like oh i i think i could like recreate that pretty yeah. with, a, with a lot of effort but i think like that's something that i could like see myself recreating yeah that's cool so it almost not not defined a a style for you, but it really was something that showed you what can be done. Yes, and Absolutely. how you can create depth and multiple experiences within one design. Exactly, and not everything has to be uh, on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of minimalist or detailed. Like yeah. there is a middle ground, and I think that was that was really special to see. Beautiful, I like the way you said that too. 
Um, so I think that's a great transition into the next question. You know, with that name drop of Ali Moss, um, <laughs> who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow now? What is it about them that you like? Kind of along the same lines of uh, fusing minimalist design and sort of illustrative elements. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a lot of influences and in people that I follow, but uh, I'm, I'm a, I've always been a big fan of Gardner Design. And I like I know you talked to, to Bill on this podcast uh, a while ago, but um, man, they just have their work is so, so good. And it's we I see a lot of similarities um, in my work in theirs and kind of our not just in terms of aesthetics, but like in the, in the solution and the, the problem solving. Yep. Um, I have a lot of respect for them and, and for Bill, of course, and, and Adam Anderson over there, uh, in particular, I've been, I've been following his work for, for quite a while. Uh, he's an insanely talented designer and you couldn't meet a nicer guy. Uh, he's been a great resource and inspiration for me over the, uh, past few years. And mm-hmm. I know he, he inspires many others as well, but so he, he has such a, a, a great way with shapes and colors and like, uh, he's a, he handles light sources really, really well, which is something that's tr- really tricky to, to nail down, especially when you're working in a, a minimalist style. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has such a good grasp on it and it, it's, it's easy. I think at the trend of, of flat and simplistic design to, to get too flat and rigid, but he's really able to, to, to weave in shadow work and, and, and light and highlights while still being able to, to make it very, very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's very impressive. And like, uh, I just admire his work a lot. Definitely. There's great work with both of those, um, those mentioned. And like you said, I interviewed Bill, uh, from Gardner design Gosh, I want to say it was somewhere around episode 100, maybe just before 100 or just after. Um, but yeah, that was a, a really insightful. I think I went to a two-parter, actually. There was like so much, <laughs> so much jam-packed into there. I was like, I can't call this a quickie and just have one part of like yeah. however long it was. But yeah, um, but I guess a long E doesn't really have the same ring to it. So you did no. two quickies. Yeah, two, it's a quickie, quickie-ish <laughs> slowy. is what we always yeah. call it, the quickie-ish. <laughs> Um, Michael, so I'm going to try something new here with you. I've done this with the last sure. two guests. So you're only the, the third person that I've tried this with. Oh and boy. what I've done is I've gone to your Instagram, um, at peanut free Panda. And I've, I've taken a sort of a screenshot of a couple of photos and I just want you to tell me the backstory behind them. I want you to, um, maybe explain the project or whatever it is. So the first sure. one is, um, this uh buffalo for lack of a better term oh yeah or bison yep. with a sun in the background yes tell me about so, this so so it is a it is a bison since uh the words are actually often used interchangeably but buffalo i believe are in asia and africa i think oh, okay uh, so an american bison but yes yeah, so that was part of uh, a recent project that I'm particularly proud of, and that was uh, I had the opportunity to design uh, the album artwork and some merch uh, and apparel for the band Guster. Oh, now cool. they've they've been my absolute favorite band since high school. Um, I've seen them uh, 19 times at this point. Nice. Uh, they've they've been huge. Like they they're pretty much they've defined my musical experience i guess for for lack of a better term and um it, it was it was a huge honor I, I had done i had worked up a like a 
just a, a fake, not fake, but like it was kind of fake, <laughs> like a, a poster of, uh, of, of theirs just cause yeah. I, as a kind of like a tribute to them. Uh, and they ended up seeing it, contacted me, um, asked if I was interested in, in doing, um, some artwork for the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and after I, I, after I came to again, I of course agreed and, uh, ended up, ended up working on the, the album art for their latest live release. So if you go to, if you go to Spotify, it's the live with the Omaha symphony. And so a lot of the inspiration was taken from the, you know, the Midwest and kind of vintage postcards and everything. So that's kind of where that bison came from. That's cool, man. What a great project. Great thing that you were able to be a part of. Yeah. Appreciate it. It was, it was, uh, something to treasure for sure. That's awesome. Another, uh, what is it like, uh, uh, not a history making project, but just one, uh, one that makes a smile, right? Brings a smile. Yes. One I'll remember fondly. Perfect. So Michael, the next one that I want to share with you, um, I guess you could call is a little bit festive. I went a little bit further down the old timeline to pull this one. Um, oh no. <laughs> but I'll just read it quickly. One man's toxic sludge is another man's potpourri. <laughs> it's almost like an illustration yeah. of the Grinch, right? Oh yeah. Yep. Cool. Give me the story behind this one. Oh, that was just for fun. I was uh, I was just watching the uh, the Jim Carrey Grinch with my with my family, which is yeah. my all, one of my all time favorite movies. Not even just Christmas That's movies. A good one. Um, it's great. It's it's. I don't know if it's underrated. I think it's pretty rated, but I I think people people don't um, <laughs> don't often list it as their favorite movies. <laughs> yes. But uh, it's it's a work of art, truly. And uh, I was just inspired to. to create a little something about it you know with uh, jim carrey just knocks that out of the park and really makes it his own as he always does but i wanted to get that signature like uh jaw movement that he does so (laughs) (laughs) i know exactly what you're talking about yeah it's hard to describe i can't really describe it that well but uh but yeah so that was just for fun something something festive as you said nice something festive yeah um Okay, Michael, the next couple of questions take you down part of your career where you've likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and I want to pull those stories out of you and share those with the listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that said, what has been the most challenging period of time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Well, there have been plenty of them, <laughs> but but <laughs> one that stands out in particular was uh, this was... Um, uh, back uh, probably a year plus ago. Okay, I'd say a, a challenging. It was challenging uh, running my running and building my freelance hustle while working a full time job. Mm-hmm. So that was a challenge for me, mainly because for a couple of reasons. One, because I was you know self taught, so I had more work to do from a learning and skill honing standpoint. You mm-hmm. know, trying to get the fundamentals down. Uh, while building my skills enough to do good work for clients and on top of that also grow a social media presence, uh, manage client projects in my free time all while trying to maintain a social life, you know, exercise and healthy eating, you know, uh, on top of working, you know, 10 plus hours a day at a full-time job. Mm-hmm. So it's it's easy to, to burn out really quickly <laughs> while sure. doing that. Um it, yeah, it was it was hard because I, you know, imposter syndrome is a real thing, and it's it's hard to have that much feel like you're trying to come from behind, you know, and like knowing that you you have kind of like a gap, 
an uh, information gap, an education gap that you have to close before you can like do good work for your clients. Uh, so it's always trying to chase that and close that gap while still trying to get clients. But at a certain point, you kind of realize that you're never going to know everything and uh, you're never going to do perfect work all the time. So mm-hmm. if you have a client scenario that like you don't really know how to do and like it doesn't turn out as good as you wanted to, that's okay. There will be more. It's not the end of the world. So I, I've kind of learned to just appreciate the learning on the go yeah. um, aspect of it. So yeah, you know, it's you you learn to appreciate it, and you learn that it's part of the process, but it doesn't make it feel any better in the moment. <laughs> no, <laughs> right? it doesn't. Yeah, it still it still stings. So I want to get a little bit more specific here with this next one, Michael. Um, can you take us to a specific design or a specific project that you were a part of that did not go well, did not bring the desired result? Um, how did that feel? What was that like? Take us to that story. Uh, starting at the end, it didn't feel great. Uh, <laughs> but starting at the beginning, <laughs> I guess... Uh, so earlier on in my you know, admittedly short career, uh, I had a client that uh, it it started off as as many do, you know, like excitement, like we're both vibing and we're like getting ready to get started, yeah. uh, and like had the kickoff call. There, everyone was excited. You know, I went off and built some sick concepts, and she hated them. And, you know, I was so oh, sad, but here are some more ideas. And of course she wasn't feeling those either because I was at this, it was getting to the point where like, I was just trying to Im- impress, I guess, more than fulfill, uh, the objectives. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, the, the linchpin of this issue was that we didn't have a signed off and approved creative brief. So, all of the direction that we were going in was just from like upfront phone calls and discussions that we had, but we didn't really have that beacon, that like guiding light that we could refer to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like she kept changing her mind and going in different directions and, and this happened multiple times. And by the end we, we ended up being miles away from where we started. Um, but I had nothing to point to, to say, okay, we agreed on this, you know, we are now far away from, from this. And mm-hmm. so we need to rewrite the scope. Uh, we need to change up, uh, like the, the rate structure and everything or, or redefine the brief and everything, but I didn't have that. So I was just stuck trying to just put something out that she was happy with. And, you know, and we ended up with this, this Frankenstein of, of a logo that I was not happy with. And I, it got to the point, I was just like, just take your damn logo and we'll never speak of this again. Yeah. Uh, so I learned the, the importance of having a clearly defined and mutually agreed upon creative brief. Man, what a massive like lesson that is. Like so many lessons within one experience. Yeah, absolutely. And like at the time you're like, oh, I'm not going to be able to put this in my portfolio. Like I put so much work into it. But, you know, uh, two years later, it's like I, I don't care <laughs> that was a stepping stone to where i am now yeah. and uh nothing lost uh you know only gained experience from it i like that perspective yeah just nothing lost only gained um experience from it so i mean the saying really is there's no um wins or fails there's wins or learning yeah that's that's either win or you learn well put yeah, and as you said before, it's really hard to to come to terms with that in mm. the moment. You know, sometimes it feels sometimes it feels like the end of the world, but um, 
You know, you take solace in the fact that millions of designers have gone through this exact same thing that you're you're going through right now and and they are where they are and they're better for it so yeah for sure well said um michael what is something that you're struggling with in your design career right now so kind of back to what i was saying before about uh learning new things and skill sets and approaches while trying to to keep the lights on and run mm-hmm. my business, you know, cause, uh, it's kind of funny. I, I, as a rational human, I, I fully recognize the fact that, uh, learning new skills, uh, is an important investment in myself and in my business, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's damn hard to carve out the time to do that when the tutorials and Skillshare classes aren't immediately bringing in money to sustain my business and everything. Yep. So that's something that I'm struggling with. Uh, and, and to be honest, I don't, I don't think it's a time management issue. I think it's just like the nature of being a freelancer. Um, and so I, I've definitely something I, uh, that's on my to-do list to, to figure out how to better structure things. You know, maybe it's setting aside certain hours of the day or, you know, or a certain schedule or something that's a little bit of a, every a few hours a week or something that's dedicated to something new and different. Um, but I haven't quite put that structure in place yet. I'm kind of procrastinating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As we all do some time from time to time. Yeah. Right? Okay, Michael, I'm going to turn this bus around here for you. I want you to tell me about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of one that just makes your heart sing. So uh, again, to call back to something we, we touched on earlier, it was that, uh, that Guster album artwork, um, I explained, I, we talked through it a little bit just a couple of minutes ago, but that was really something special for me. Um, as I said, they had been my favorite band for years and years and years. They were really instrumental, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, in my, uh, like my musical upbringing. And to create something like that for something you're so passionate about, it, ne- it never felt like work for a second. You know, I would have done that for free. I yeah. would have, um, and uh, I would have bent over backwards for that opportunity. And if, and if high school Michael could have seen me, uh, seen me do that, that would have been, that would have been quite something. Um, but yeah, kind of a lot, what I was, I got off on a little tangent there, but what I was, what I was trying to say was, uh, for something you're so passionate about, like being able to just have fun with it. And obviously there's a lot of pressure on it, but I didn't really feel it as much as uh, something that was like a huge budget, like high, you know, big profile client or something like that. Not to say that they're not, but it was, it was just so fun and they were so great to work with. um, And it really gave me a lot of creative, uh, creative freedom. And and their whole vibe is kind of like a little offbeat, to begin with, and they have a great relationship with their fan base. So they were looking for something that's like not, uh, not run of the mill, not you know straight down the middle. They wanted something funky or, mm-hmm. or so they and they really encouraged me uh, to get out of my comfort zone a little bit, which was great. You know, you don't always get that from clients. Um, so they wanted to have fun with it. They wanted to see me have fun with it. So uh, and I'm really happy with the end result. It's not in my typical style of illustration and design work. So and that was that was particularly cool to to go outside of my comfort zone a little bit and push the boundaries. So what I'm hearing you say is that that project 
you know, as big of a deal as it was for you, the excitement of doing that for the group that you followed for so long is almost, uh, the excitement of it outweighed the sort of fear of, oh God, I hope this goes well. Yes. Yeah, it, it was it was kind of weird <laughs> because usually, <laughs> usually I'm like, I put so much pressure on myself to deliver this product and mm-hmm. uh, deliver to the best of my abilities, if not more. Um, and I certainly, that was certainly there when I was working on this project, but um yeah, it just it just felt different. It was it was a good feeling to have something that I, I cared so much about, but in not in like a you know if this doesn't turn out perfect, it's the end of the world kind mm-hmm. of way. It was like this is going to be a little different, and it's going to be something you're not used to. And uh, yeah, like in the end result, I was really really happy with. And yeah, I, I, I'll really I'll I'll never forget that project. That's awesome. What a great one. Um, Michael, you have reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question. This is where I have a question for you from my last guest and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. So my previous guest was Anthony Petri, also known as zombie bacons on Instagram. And he wanted to ask you how important is process in design? That's a great question because I recently came face to face with uh, the repercussions of not having a good process. So, tell me about yes, this. Um, not a, everything worked out fine, but um, it was for a recent project. Uh, well, to answer the question, actually, I think it's very important. <laughs> and there was a time when I was, I thought I was recently, and I, I thought I was like comfortable enough with my ability to deliver a product, you know, like a finished design or or logo concept in this instance that, um, I could kind of like sketch out some stuff and, uh, not go through the more in-depth research and discovery fate and mood boarding phase that I normally do for everything. Mm -hmm. And the, the concepts were just a little flat. Like they weren't, they didn't have the life that usually comes with taking all that inspiration, uh, and reference from, everything that I normally do, like for, for yeah. most projects, I'll go through Google images, uh, logo lounge, you know, Pinterest dribble, the library of Congress, like Google images, everything. Yeah. Um, and like, I didn't do that to the fullest extent that I should have. And the, you know, sketches, the concepts suffered because of it. So I say it's very important. Um, just because you get in a rhythm and it's, if you find something that works, then it's going to work for a while. Awesome. Great point. What is the question you would like me to ask the next guest, Michael? So my question is, what would be your B-list or C-list superpower? So not things like flight or invisibility, but more like super talents. It's like some, <laughs> something like... What awesome. is your B-list or C-list yeah, <laughs> so something that you could wish you could do like every day that wouldn't make the news, but would just be really cool to have. I love that explanation. <laughs> not the A-list stuff, not the wicked stuff. Yeah, no, not like the invincibility, super strength, invisibility, right. not that. No stuff. one, yeah, no one, no superhero can currently have this power. It would just be, it would just be you. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Michael, thank you so much for being my guest today. You have reached the end of the Quickie Podcast, man. I really appreciate your time here. 
Thanks so much, Dave. Yeah, it's a pleasure. All right, everybody, that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Now, do not forget to go register for the Citra Space event that is put on by the Graphic Design Student Association at the University of Central Florida. You can find them at G-D-S-A-U-C-F. That's G-D-S-A-U-C-F on Instagram. Uh, is October 17th, uh, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, free virtual event featuring Hank Washington, Will Patterson, and that wonderful creative agency, Purple Rock Scissors. I will also have a link directly to get your free ticket, your free registration down in the podcast description here, also on the Quickie Podcast on Instagram. So check that out. And as always, if you are digging what you're hearing here on the Quickie Podcast, please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening and leave a rating and a review. They make us smile. Thanks again. See you next week.